group of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about the depth of the water at Splash Mountain. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kate. And my name is Jason. I don't trust horses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am so afraid of horses. Okay, so I did Google this, and this will come up in a minute, but the water at Splash Mountain is up to eight feet deep. In what Where? part? At yeah, at, it's not it's, the it, continuous. It's 18 inches? No, it's 18 inches deep to eight feet deep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh, it's like let's a, just go with 18 inches is like a majority. Okay. It can't, it can't be It can't be eight feet. It's probably eight feet deep like at the end or like, but it's part of the ride, yeah. but like at not like, on the Yeah, at one, one you know, square foot. Uh, I don't think it. You can Google um, like pictures of Splash Mountain. Like drain, schematics and stuff? And it's interesting. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't activate my uh my thalassophobia for all of you other thalassophobes out there but because <laughs> all the water's gone but yeah it's surprisingly deep and the like the the mountain of the what is the drop-off is just a track like your boat isn't attached to anything it's just on a rubber like um runway what is the word i'm looking for like a conveyor belt almost i mean yeah it's definitely on a track but it's not like attached like it would be on a roller coaster. It's just sitting. Your log is just sitting on top of this conveyor belt that's going down. Yeah, it's more, it's very it's more like a guide rather than like a coaster. It's more of a thing. suggestion than actually yeah. adhered <laughs> than to. Actual well, that's why you've got all that annoying jerking around when you hit things. It's more like. Bump, yes, yeah, bump. yeah, yeah. Like when you get to the top of the drop off, it's like boom, boom, boom. Like you go back and forth a little bit and then it. And then you go down the track. For those who have never been to Disneyland. Dang, this is um, making me... I've done that ride many times now, uh, but it's making me more heebie-jeebies to go back on it again. <laughs> and we did... So actually, side note, on Are You Serious the other day, we did look up the salary of people who work Aww. at Disneyland. They get paid minimum wage, Aww, baby. Yeah. Well, that is not the happiest wage to be paid. <laughs> um, not a... Not. Which is also relevant later with the, uh, like, all the Looney Tunes up here. So this is where I was like, so, like, Six Flags? Because Six Flags Discovery Kingdom is like <laughs> yeah. a, a roller coaster to the park and a zoo. So we could probably, <laughs> like, if anybody, yeah. hopefully you listened to last week's episode, but what we're talking about is all relevant to what's going to happen here on the last half of book uh, 14 for the animals. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't say last week. Book 14, <laughs> The Unknown, a Cassie book, the horse one. <laughs> all Again, all of her book titles are mystery. Yeah. The prophecy. The very vague. The unknown. Uh, doesn't, nonsensical. Yeah. It doesn't Secret. really correlate to all the shenanigans that actually go on in those books. What's the owl one? <laughs> I, I'm I'm really good about like the numbers, the which animorph um narrates it, what happened in the book, and the animal. I'm not so good at the actual titles, and I assume that that's gonna improve with uh doing this podcast. Um, let's see, where did we leave off? Oh, they were about to go to the racetrack to acquire some yeah. horses to infiltrate Area 51, a.k.a. Zone 91. Yes, because apparently the Yurks are now controlling wild horses out in the desert near the Zone wild 91. 
Also, if anybody would like me to do a bonus episode about aliens and the shit that I know about <laughs> alien lore, I don't believe in it. I just know a lot. So we just sit around <laughs> the circle and you share and tell all about crop circles and stuff to us. So the greys are the ones, the stereotypical alien looking aliens, except they're gray and not oh, green. Okay. That's one. And then the rest of it is racist <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> A lot of it is, like, the Aryan, the lizard people, you know, racist shit. Why would you call it that? Yeah, weird. Uh. Wild. Um, if you really super are into actual alien stuff, just listen to last podcast on the left there, alien people. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> you make it sound like, like, they're alien. <laughs> they're, 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 they're I, weird. I, <laughs> honestly, today, I, I did just listen to their Lizzie Borden episode, side note. Lizzie Borden was innocent, hashtag Lizzie Borden was innocent. Um, <laughs> and I've decided I'm going to skip all their alien ones because I'm just not into it. But I did learn a lot from the alien ones that I did listen to. So. I did actually just listen to a podcast of Conan's where he's talking about somebody who had, uh, who worked at the Lizzie Borden, like, um, historical house or something like that and uh yeah yeah her house yeah it, it was the museum now, mm-hmm, her old mm-hmm. house yeah yeah uh that was funny but she was actually um pronounced not guilty mm-hmm. which i didn't know and um she just moved to another place and lived out there for the rest of her days but her uh sis- like the community shunned yeah. her because they yeah. did it even though she definitely did it who is that? lizzie borden lizzie borden Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her father for 40 wax. And when she saw what she had done, she gave her mother 41. Except opposite. Flip that. She. <laughs> father first. Is this first. some sort of dark. It's a, it's a nursery rhyme about a girl who supposedly murdered her parents. Well, that checks out that it's a nursery rhyme. Those are always <laughs> creepy as fuck. <laughs> I did, I did an rhyme. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just side noting all over the place. Okay, so if you uh, that's not even '90s stuff. I'm message so sorry. Morgan if you want more uh, episodes on side episodes for Lizzie Borden and aliens. Yes. Debate me, bro, about Lizzie Borden. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you more about it afterwards. Oh please. my gosh. Okay, so yeah, they are trying to acquire horse morphs to go after Yurks that for some reason are controlling horses in the desert and go so uh the animorphs fly uh out to the horse racetracks as seagulls uh, and as usual with this morph mine? they are like yeah <laughs> yeah mine? exactly mine they're mine. not uh oh. they are loving the seagull scavenging life and the seagull brain is just going oh my gosh oh my gosh all this food everywhere and all this dumpster diving mm-hmm. we can do and tobias is rolling his eyes they have the conversation about Eating an extra crispy chicken leg is that cannibalism? No, have we had different, that discussion different before? Different species. Yes. <laughs> Do we have that discussion? Different species. Like, yes, but they, they, I believe they've discussed I that think before. They have. On, on, and that's when we talked about the seagulls swallowing rabbit. the <laughs> rabbit. Oi, um, that's not going uh, away. I'm just gonna make that our Please banner don't. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I will. Um, I will. One hundred percent. No. I I do want to say one thing though. Um, not seagull rabbit related, but um, the Yurks really could do this a lot smarter if they did um, infest a whole bunch of like domestic local creatures, like wildlife. Imagine having a bunch of Yurks, bunch as like birds, or like cats, you just want dogs, a tippy hedron, like, the base. 
Well, I'm, what? <laughs> there are a bunch of birds. It's like Tippi Hedren from Alfred Hitchcock, and they just, you know, go and invade the base <laughs> as birds to go try to, uh, as Yerks go try to uh, find out uh, more at uh, Zone 91. No, 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 like, more like, like, as they're, like, their, their fight to, like, just take over the world, like, especially in trying to find the Andalite bandits, like, why don't you take over a bunch of wildlife and secretly spy on literally everybody? Like, like I'm sure oh, no, they would ha- they would discover like the yeah. anim- the animorphs like so much sooner if it's like here's like a fucking rabbit but, in the woods. But you're <laughs> or... okay. If this were like a cartoon, what would happen is that they would befriend a yerk, and the yerk would be like, "Okay, I like humans <laughs> now. I'm gonna go and um a- and and infest like a parrot, and I'm gonna be like your familiar like." Well... <laughs> I'm going to be your sassy buddy who still doesn't fully like people, but also is kind of on your side. Isn't, like, your, the whole thing with Yerks is they'll only infest, like, intelligent species, so you don't see, like, Yerks going around and, like, infesting different creatures that don't actually have uh, technology. Um, well, you see the Geds, right? And their major problem with them is not necessarily that they don't have technology or a brain. It's more that, like, they are not good bodies. Like, they have uneven legs, their eyesight's really garbage, they can't really speak super well. So I think it's just more, like, quality of life. However, if they can just infest horses, like, and but also the horses can't use a computer. The horses can't speak. As we speak. saw in the last, um, wait, last part of the book. Like, horses can't speak? Excuse yeah, as we saw in the last part of the book, the horse uh, using the payphone, dialing it with a stick. <laughs> yeah, and also the, the there are horses that speak later, but it's um, they have to use speech synthesizers. And Axe hints that they had to buy them. <laughs> So, so it's presuming that they had to buy them from like the Skritna, who are like the scrappers. They're like the who do, who does uh, Uncle Owen buy the droids? Jawas. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. They're like the Jawas. Like they have a bunch of garbage that you can buy. Um, so they just didn't have enough of them, and also they don't have hands, let alone like paws to do things with. So. That's my theory as to why they don't want to actually acqui- like control the horses. Okay. <laughs> and instead of or like any other creature, like a dog or a cat or whatever, they think it's beneath yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they're not in it to win. <laughs> no, Jason. Honestly, right? if you were leading this whole charge, I'm pretty sure you would have taken over the Earth by now. To be fair. If I was leading either <laughs> side, yeah, I, I feel like this would just be. <laughs> Oh my god. You'd have like a laser pointer at the board (laughs) saying, okay, we need to do this now and actually get everybody coordinated. Just let me me plan and organize everything, guys. (laughs) No, you get Visor 3 to morph his beloved cat and then you get the laser pointer. Yes, yes. Oh my god. Prediction, is that how the book ends? In this cartoon that we're making. In this cartoon we're making where they have, like, a parrot, they have, like, an Iago, yeah. and then Visit 3 morphs a cat and is, like, angrily chasing no, a No, 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 that's, like, that's like, how the book ends, Titans Morgan, I want that in the predictions, is, like, yes. uh, Mr. 3 gets stuck in cat morph and he's just, like, played with a laser pointer for the rest of the kids' days. <laughs> That would be so good, yes. Visit 3, cat morph, laser mm-hmm. pointer. There we go, we found a happy ending. <laughs> so... 
Tobias uh, definitely is passing judgment in all the other uh, Animorphs uh, as they're in their seagull morphs and their inane capacity for staying on task. And so uh, then Rachel asks if anybody sees uh, like a good place to demorph since they got to the racetracks. And Tobias suggests like there's some empty stalls in those stables just fly in. And Marco suggests so we could go and check out the trash behind the clubhouse instead. And Tobias, Tobias <laughs> near seagulls. You might as well be pigeons. And Cassie thinks to herself like to a hawk calling somebody a pigeon is a pretty bad insult. And they fly into a stall at the stables, and uh, that stall was empty, so they started to demorph. But they had Axe with them, and he was demorphing back into an Andalite in a very bustling human area. So, dun-dun-dun! They were all about 90% back to their normal forms when a couple of older men came by the stall. And they saw four kids, like, decorated with feathers, and they were in leotards in the stall. And then they spotted, like, one blue-looking horse... And Cassie quickly tried to hide Axe's blade tail from view and told Axe to, like, keep his head down. And the old men asked, like, what are you kids doing in this stall? And what the heck was Axe? And uh, the old man's like, I asked you kids what you're doing in that stall, he said sharply. And Cassie's like, uh, grooming our horse? And Rachel's eyebrows shot up. Our horse, uh, oh yeah, 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 that's exactly what we're doing. Grooming our horse. And Rachel reached over and stroked Axe's back. And the guy one of the guys said like hmm it's like small for a horse what are you feeding that poor sway back nag and marco said i yeah sway back nag was weird uh <laughs> i i loved that that was just... like okay left field uh marco's like horse food and the guy's like horse food and he marco's like yeah uh you know horse food you should see how many ca- uh, like cans this guy can eat man <laughs> and then cassie laughs nervously <laughs> and said marco is such a kidder and they feed their horse alfalfa and hey like you would any horse and then the older one of the older men said uh Pants. yeah your horse is blue i've never seen a blue horse and then the other guy says never seen kids wearing feathers on their faces either and i've seen a lot of things in my time and cassie's like uh we like blue horses and then the old men told them to step out of the stall. None of this seemed right. Then at that, I I just really like how Cassie says we like blue horses, and Jake's like someday all horses will be blue. It's a threat. <laughs> I that's it. Yeah, a a threat, and b like just uh very much how older people see younger people. It's like someday everything will be the way that I think it should be <laughs> as a younger person. But yeah. I don't know. I, I just very much enjoyed yes. that line. <laughs> at that point, Axe flashed uh, uh, with his blade tail. And at this point, when I read that, I'm like, oh my god, he sliced through the two old men. But he actually didn't. <laughs> like, Damn, this thing got real. Um, but he sliced through the wooden railing overhead of the stall. And the lumber then fell uh, on the old men's heads. Which is also rather dangerous. But it worked for right. their advantage. <laughs> they didn't get concussed or kill them. They ran them uh, away, and the men recovered and started to pursue them. And the kids raced off between the stalls, axe morphing into a human as he ran. Jake yelled at them to run to the grandstand and into the crowd so they can lose their pursuers. But just at that point, Cassie was hit with a stall door in the face and separated from the others, and she fell straight onto the concrete. A teenage stable uh, hand uh, caretaker, he grabbed her by the ankle, shouting at the pursuing old men uh, that he had got her. 
and he's like, I got this one. I got this guy. And then Cassie flared up. She did not like being called guy. And so uh, she had a little quandary on whether or not she should kick herself free. But at that point, she's like, oh, screw this kid. And she kicked him in the face and broke away. <laughs> and then the other, yeah, yeah. other trainers, yeah, and caretakers and jockeys all started running around trying to catch them, especially Cassie. Yeah, but who the fuck is this kid? Just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the theme of this book, a lot of it is boys putting their foot in their mouths, especially ones that work with horses. Yeah. <laughs> Cassie avoided them all and hid in a stall, but it was uh, occupied and it was occupied yeah. with a beautiful golden stallion. The horse was spooked by her presence, so in order to calm him down and not get caught by the commotion outside, she pressed her hand on the horse to acquire him. Cassie heard the shouting outside the stall and how her pursuers were going in every which way to search, uh, and then they started to bust open every stall to look for her. So, at that point, she started to morph. There you go. Excuse me. Uh, (laughs) Side note on my commentary. Uh, She morphs into a stallion she just acquired, but she has the other horse morph from her farm, so she could have just morphed that horse and not be a duplicate of this horse. Throwing that out there. Also, she can mix. She can True. mix the morphs. She can. She's she's a, she's really good. She could have mixed them. <clears throat> True. Uh, but it does note when she is morphing that the stallion is like, oh, like when she does turn into him, he's like, this smells like me. So there's no other horse there. Mm. Yeah. Which I believe has happened with Homer before. It's like, he's fine because it just smells like him. It doesn't smell like there's another dog here. Uh, okay. I guess that could work. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> and she was also just like, go, 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 go. <laughs> uh, so Cassie morphs the golden stallion. And the original stallion calmed down. And that's where she has yeah, mega butt. Yeah, she has mega butt. Horse butt. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, my butt grew huge. I have mega butt. <laughs> Which is just like a great... <laughs> a great line for the ages right there <laughs> so uh with the other horse calmed down uh she kind of casually let herself out of the horse stall as the golden stallion and she tried to like casually walk away from all the commotion running around from the stables but then one of the trainers recognized her and he said hey it's minneapolis max he's out of his stall how the is somebody gonna get some somebody's gonna get some grief behind this so uh joe go get his bridle for crying out loud quick before max uh here starts raising cane and from the other side of Cassie's head, she spotted the teenager she had kicked earlier. And he raced to the stall uh, that she just left. And he said, uh, the teenager guy said, hey, uh, Mr. Hinkley? Sorry, Mr. Hinkley. Uh, that was hard to say. There's another horse here that looks exactly <laughs> like, uh, and then Mr. Hinkley's like, just shut up and bring me the gear. Now, now. And the guy, the teenage kid's like, uh, yes, sir. And so they got a bridle around Cassie and told her that she was up for the next race. Uh, the ha- the like the stallion's horse instincts were overtaken, uh, like uh, kind of overriding Cassie, and she's like kind of fine with that at this point because she's like, yes, yes, I want to run. And uh, <laughs> Tobias calls down uh, to her and thought speak, and she told them she was fine. The others had escaped and were in the crowd, and she explained she now was a race stallion and that there was a jockey on her back, and now she was being led to the horseshoots. Actually, I don't know if it's called horseshoots. They call it gates in the, in the book. And out of uh, her right eye, she spotted Marco pushing his way through the crowd, and he waved frantically at her. He's And Cassie's like, in thought speak, I see you, Marco. It's okay. Don't worry. And then obviously Tobias had told the others of what 
was going on with her. And so Marco yelled back at Cassie as the horse, like, who's worried? I just want to know if you're going to win. I have five bucks on you. (laughs) Cassie's like... Or I have five bucks I could bet on you, which it's like, do it. Yeah, no, seriously. (laughs) Cassie at the stallion did not like being put into the gate uh, waiting for the race. Uh, She felt pinned down, so she reared, and the jockey on her back tried to calm her. He's like, take it easy, Max. Easy, the jockey said. And Cassie was scared, or at least her horse brain was scared. And she still had the obnoxious scent of what the other... um, big stallion was smelling like a, like there's this other big stallion that was like whose scent was like making her flare up and she was mad about that and so that was her excuse she just wasn't thinking because when the jockey once again told her to take it easy cassie did something she shouldn't have done and she's something that she really shouldn't have done uh if she hadn't been distracted she yelled at the jockey and thought speak you take it easy i'm crammed in this little box here and the jockey did not have time to react <laughs> appropriately because <laughs> the race started and Cassie was off and she shot out of the gate and let loose down the track. The jockey tried to rein her in. Uh, he was conserving her strength and stamina for the end of the race. And Cassie's like, forget winning. The point is not to win. The point is just to run. And she's still saying this in thought speak to him and to, and to the jockey's <laughs> credit. Uh, he did not fall off in shock and also to his credit he gave Cassie control and she did what horses do she hauled hoof she drove forward <laughs> that's very <Yeah>. animorphs <laughs> she drove forward in the lead but as she turned down the back stretch she started to feel tired and her lungs ached and her muscles started to burn she felt each new impact of the hooves on the dirt and she's like it was time to slow down and rest a little but then Cassie saw him the dark brown stallion She saw him sneaking up and getting between her and the rail, and she saw him pull ahead of her. And the jockey's like, don't fade on me now, talking horse. (laughs) And uh, Cassie's like, uh, she saw the wild, triumphant look in the stallion's eye, and it made her blood boil. And she's like, hang on, Mr. Jockey, we're going to win this race. And that she did. (laughs) She uh, drove forward and uh, won the race. And it's just... Such shenanigan going on in I'm this not mad. book. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Yeah, the shenanigans were saved for the middle of the book this time. For I, sure. I argue there's also shenanigans at the end of this book. It's been shenanigan central this whole this whole one. <laughs> but we don't start off with like a pure shenanigans, so we have to have it for the rest yeah, of the book. Yeah, solid solid shenanigans all all throughout. Well, uh, that was them at the horse races and we're gonna continue back and going back to the drylands but before we do that you guys want to hear a few horse facts yes yeah i so (laughs) i was a (laughs) definite i was a definite horse girl growing up i don't know about you guys i had a brief stint as a brony for like two months (laughs) that's about it yeah i rode some horses and uh definitely liked horses too uh uh, and still think they're beautiful animals. It's very funny because Esme, my uh, Are You Serious co-host, uh, hates horses. We had this conversation a, a really? few weeks ago. She's like, they're demon animals and I hate them. And I'm like, wow. okay. I mean, <laughs> I just I just don't trust them because they can like kick sideways. Yeah, she's the same way. And I mean, I don't hate them, but I just don't trust them. So they're what, big, what it, strong. What happened? Like, did, is there some sort of like dark horse in uh, Esme's past that, you know, <laughs> did a number on her? <laughs> uh, I believe I, I, I both recorded and then edited this episode, but I do believe she... Uh, 
she did say she was chased by a horse, <laughs> but I will have to, you'll have to go back and listen to that episode and figure out what the answer uh, is. Uh, but yeah, I like get fearing because they're big animals and she thinks they're like, they're nice and pretty and stuff. And we had a conversation about my whale phobia, which is, <laughs> uh, uh it's like me and llamas. I mean, I liked llamas well enough, but a llama sneezed on me when I was a little kid at a petting zoo, and it was rather gross. <laughs> alpacas are where it's at. I like alpacas. They're smaller than llamas. None of them have sneezed on me so far. <laughs> we used to have pony rides at the park mm-hmm. where I lived. Like, they would, um, like, they would just go in a circle. They, it yeah. wasn't very interesting, but we'd have pony rides. Yeah. I mean, that's all fun. So, here's some horse facts. Uh, Horses have evolved over the past 45 to 55 million years um, from a small multi-toed creature into the large single-toed animal we know today. Humans... Is it technically a toe? Uh, Yes, it is still a toe. So it's a toe Uh nail. Uh Uh-huh, yes. (laughs) Single-toed creature. I'm I'm, I'm Oh, by the way, that episode is eight, 86. Oh, for, for, for you and Esme no. debating about horses. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Awesome. <laughs> I digress. No, no. Sponsor away. Humans began domesticating <laughs> horses around uh, 4,000 BC, and their domestication is believed to have been widespread by 3,000 BC. Damn, that was fast. 4,000 years of Everybody, everybody got a horse. thousand years of horse. Uh-huh. I think PBS Eons was telling me that, like, the domestication of horses started in, like, Russia or yeah, something. Yeah, in, like, Middle East, Russia. Definitely in that area. Um, horses are adapted to run, allowing them quickly uh, to escape predators. And uh, they possess an excellent sense of balance and strong fight-or-flight response. And related, yeah, related to this uh, need to flee from predators in the wild uh, as an unusual trait, horses are able to sleep both standing up and lying down with younger horses tending to sleep significantly more than adults. So when sometimes when you see adult, uh, like a horse just lying down, some horses just prefer to sleep like that versus uh, like doesn't mean they're always sick or something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I, I was I, I was always that. taught that them lying down means they're I sick. I know. When I was a kid, I'm like, they're lying down. Oh, God. I'm like, and I get told like, no, she's just a, like, she likes lying down. She's a lazy horse. She sleeps yeah. like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> It blew my mind like, as a kid. No one can just stand up forever. I know. It blew my mind. Uh, actually, no, but then you get, like, you know, creatures like giraffes, which actually do have, like, stand up and, and do not lie down at all. Because you can imagine a giraffe laying down and never being able to get back up. Um, female horses are called mares, and they carry their young for approximately 11 months. And a young horse is called a foal and can stand and run shortly following birth. And most domesticated horses begin training uh, under a saddle or in a harness between the ages of two and four. And they reach full adult development by age five and have an average lifespan of about 25 to 30 years. So horse breeds are loosely divided in three categories based on general temperament. So spirited hot bloods are um, for speed and endurance. Cold blood breeds, uh, such as draft horses and ponies, are suitable for like slow, heavy work. And warm bloods, developed from crosses between hot bloods and cold bloods, often focus on creating breeds for like specific riding purposes, particularly in Europe. There's more than 300 breeds of horse in the world today, and developed for many different uses. Personally, I like Clydesdales. I think Clydesdales are cute. <laughs> 
They're such big fun horses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, also, big boys. they're big boys. Big boys. Frisians are also very beautiful too with the, all their hair. Many uh, products. Yeah. Oh, when I was a kid, uh, when I did horseback riding lessons, no lie, I rode Morgan horses. Yeah, my aunt has a bunch of Morgans. She has a Morgan breeding program at her property. She breeds Morgan horses. Your namesake. Yes. <laughs> Many products are derived from horses, including meat, milk, hide, hair, bone, and pharmaceuticals extracted from the urine of pregnant mares. Which... It's called Premarin. Oof. It's a it's a hormone that you take, like it's an estrogen hormone. Oh. So if you take Premarin, if you're listening and you take Premarin, it stands for pregnant mares urine. <laughs> Have fun. All right, bye. <laughs> this coming from uh, the ex-pharmaceutical <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, I remember just uh, like, because my first pharmacy job was with my mom. So I would just like be dusting the shelves and I would be like this, what's the, what's the brand name? And you know, they go and tell me, tell me what it's for, what the brand name or generic is. And my mom was like, oh yeah, that stands for pregnant mare's urine. And I was like, no, that's not real. <laughs> she was like crazy. So she, she said things that were mostly true. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, that's horrible. And they just like keep them pregnant. It's very sad. It's like, oh. not good. So anyway, sad side divergence. <sighs> okay. Uh, so let's go into like uh, the different types of, like you've heard of different names for horses, like in terms of their age. So a foal is a horse of either sex, uh, less than one year old. So a nursing foal, some kind uh, like sometimes called a suckling. And a foal that has been weaned is called a weanling. Sorry, weanling. I can say things. <laughs> weanling. Weanie. <laughs> Most domesticated foals are weaned at five to seven months of age, although foals can be weaned at uh, four months with no ad uh, adverse physical effects. And a yearling is a horse of either sex uh, that is between one and two years of age. And a colt is a male horse under the age of four. And a common terminology error is to call any young horse a colt uh, when actually the term only refers to young male horses. Is it, is it Billy? Billy girls? is a female horse under the age of four. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Yay, you did it. it. <laughs> All right. Now, Morgan, here's here's your quiz. A mare. <laughs> it, um, an adult female Yeah. Horse. A horse, a female horse uh, uh, over the age of four. And stallion. Adult male horse over the age of four. And actually, stallion <laughs> is that. that, but it's a non-castrated male horse over the age of four. Mm -hmm. And like a. Yeah, yeah. And then a geld. Like a yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then a gelding. It's like a steer, a neutered male horse over the age of four? Yeah, so a castrated uh, male of horse of any age. So, uh, I guess the word geld mm -hmm. yeah. is the key there. <laughs> I, I, I hear gelding and I'm like, so they're covered in gold? Yeah, I think, I think of like, <laughs> the I, I think of like Austin Powers, like a uh, gold member, like unfortunate <laughs> smelting accident. <laughs> Some of the nicest horses I've ridden were uh, just like nice, nice geldings. They're just mellowed out old boys. Just like, yep, let's just go for a ride. They're great. And honestly, I've ridden a lot of mares that were like, I want to eat every single thing on this trail. <laughs> and you will not stop me. Yep, been there, been there, girl. <laughs> Same. I'm just like, I'm trying to control this horse. It's just like, I want to go over here. I too would like to eat everything. And snack on this and snack on that. So, yeah. 
I, and I feel like most, so I took horseback riding lessons and like for about a year when I was eight. And then the woman who was teaching me was like, her ADD is too strong. (laughs) Like I literally, she was like, she was looking at the alpaca next door and not listening to what I was saying. So she kicked me out, which. uh, You're trying to figure out how to ride the alpaca, weren't you? (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, I'm. I'm gonna get evaluated for ADD next week, and I should bring that story up. Um, <laughs> and after that, most of my experiences have been with horses that are like, uh, you know, commercial horses who are you. A bunch of different people ride them. They're usually very mellow, and it's been very a very good experience for most of them. Yeah, like kind so of like um, I feel like I've had like uh, horses and tourism and stuff like that. Yeah, mostly like do horseback riding on the beach. Yeah, oh yeah, the commercial um, rides and stuff. We did go to a ranch at one point when I was a teenager, and I like you had to get trained, and I and I was able to go up to like level two of training. Oh cool. So there was that, but and then the horse that I rode that time was very. T- temperamental but i just treated it kind of like my dog like no bad go this way (laughs) and that worked pretty well (laughs) were you up at a dude ranch that's yeah my mom got basically a timeshare okay like it wasn't it was like not a timeshare but it was um and so the horses weren't used that much it was up in redding Mm -hmm. so pretty rural northern california those horses had been ridden the least i feel <laughs> uh, but most of the other horses I've ridden have been like very like chill. They're used to new people and stuff. Yeah. So the height of horses, uh, they're measured by the highest point of the withers, and the withers are where the neck of the horse and the back of the horse meet. And this point is uh, used because it's like a stable point of the anatomy of the horse, unlike the head or the neck, which moves up and down in relation to the body of the horse. So where the saddle goes. Uh. Uh, well, like where the you know where you're the not, top, not the saddle, but at least you know where approximately where you're going to be sitting. The, well, the the, the neck and the back um, meeting, so kind of think of it uh, more yeah. higher up uh, towards towards the oh, head. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So in English speaking countries, the height of uh, horses is often stated in units of hands uh, and inches. So one hand is equal to four inches. And so the largest uh, horse recorded in history uh, was probably a Shire horse, and his name was Mammoth, and was born in 1848, <laughs> and he stood 21 uh, hands uh, tall and uh, two and a quarter uh, inches. So that was uh, 86.25 inches. Yeah, 86.25 inches. Holy shit. Uh, and uh, his uh, peak weight was estimated at uh, 3,360 pounds. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big boy. And then the record holder for the smallest horse ever, is, and that horse's name was Thumbelina, and it was a fully mature oh. miniature horse uh, affected by dwarfism, and she was uh, 17 inches tall and weighed uh, 56 pounds. <laughs> That's a bigger... I got bigger dogs. I know. It's so cute. So, I know. Uh, Horses have 64 chromosomes, and the horse genome was sequenced in uh, 2007, and it contained 2.7 billion uh, DNA-based pairs, uh, which is actually larger than the dog genome, but smaller than the human genome or the bovine genome, which I thought was interesting. Uh, And then... 
all horses move naturally, like with four basic gates. Like if you're like riding a horse, uh, there's the four beat walk, uh, which averages about like four miles per hour. And then there's like a two beat like trot or jog. Uh, and that's like ranges between eight and uh, 11 uh, uh, miles per hour. And then there's uh, up to a canter uh, or a lope, and it's a three-beat gait that's about 12 to 15 miles per hour. And then there's the gallop, which is averaging, you know, 25 to 30 miles per hour. Um, But the world record for a horse galloping over a short sprint distance is 43.97 miles per hour. Fast horse. And I believe a canter is if all four of their feet are off the ground at one time. I don't know. I disagree. I think it has to do something with wine. <laughs> uh, let's just let's decant this situation uh. right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. And there's so many facts about horses, but honestly, we should probably get back to the book. <laughs> yeah. We got a bunch to go. We y'all. do. We got the horse morphs and we're ready to kick it up in the high desert. More shenanigans need to happen. So yeah. Cassie won essentially the Kentucky Derby because, you know, they're uh, setting in their town, you know, morphs into all major cities at all times. And uh, so there's utterly no explanation to after Cassie winning the race uh <laughs> what happens between then and them getting back out to the desert. Because ultimately the chapter just comes in and switches with Cassie won the race as the stallion. And there's no talking about how like she was able to get out of morph without being seen, how the horse jockey actually reacted to her talking to him through thought speak the whole race or how she was, you know, able to escape with her friends. Like nothing was explained. So it just opens up with the fact that the other animals were able to acquire horses uh, while everybody else uh, was distracted and in the stables trying to find Cassie and then now they were all flying out to the drylands the end <laughs> so yeah Marco tries to convince the group uh of another back to the future scheme and this time they should like uh morph <laughs> race horses now and then fix uh racing bets on themselves and uh win the horse races that way and then they can make a bunch of money is his reasoning yes <laughs> but like again you just noted that they did not mention how Cassie escaped and uh, got back to the others, and it's like they would just have to do that every time. They would have to uh, just like magically get in. There'd be a a, a well, teenage yeah. horse well, trainer scratching his head, like, "Why is there a duplicate horse still in this stall while it's supposed to be racing out there in the racetrack?" They really <laughs> only know, need one. Time. They really only need one person not to morph. It can be the handler, and then um, you know everybody else. Yeah, just have they get a job at the horse track. Yeah, exactly. And then they cover and they, you know, make it all happen. Uh, and try, try to convince those old men that blue horses are the next uh, wave of the future. Tobias uh, was the first to see the group of the horse uh, controllers uh, that they had seen before. The Yurk uh, controllers uh, that like, had a, a herd of horses around them, and they were all kind of leading that wild herd of horses to Zone 91. They flew ahead uh, of the horse herd to demorph, and then the animorphs uh, remorphed back into their horse morphs so they can join the herd as and join it because it was like a mixture of your controllers and regular wild horses. And then they could figure out and really spy on what the Yorks were up to. So uh, they actually made an effort to roll in the dirt first before joining up with the herd So because they did not mm-hmm. want to look like pampered racehorses, but actually wild horses. 
uh, as yeah, like we have to have put on our disguise. So no one on the base batted an eye really at the wild horses as they started to move through the property. They obviously have seen plenty of the horses uh, around and this occurrence was common. But the Animorphs started to hear some of the horses talking to each other in some sort of language, and Axe actually recognized it. It was Gallard, a universal common language of the galaxy, which we talked about, I think, in the hork Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He deduced that yeah. the horses uh, must be fitted with speech synthesizers for Yerks to communicate. And Jake asks, like, Axe, you can understand what they're saying? And he said, yes, of course. They said to follow the plan. If we do this right, we'll be off this idiotic assignment and out of these idiotic, stupid bodies and back on board the ship where we belong. That's what the leader said. And so they're like, the animal's like, okay. And they start to watch as the horses split up. And then the animorphs divide uh, up between the two groups of horses as they start to go through the um, the property, the um, the army base. And Jake and Cassie and Tobias are with one group, Axe and Rachel and Marco are with another. And then they march on through the base and they come across the base exchange, which Jake explains was like the shopping center for people stationed there. And then just as weirdly as the two horse groups, you know, split up, they started to converge on the same building on the base. And it was a building that was a large hangar that was about 15 stories high and it was heavily guarded. And then a bell went off and the hangar doors started to open. And at that point, the controller horses, they began to run and charge through the opening doors of a hangar. Oh man, Tobias groaned. Why do I get the feeling that there's going to be shooting soon? And Cassie's like, why are they doing that? It makes no sense. Why hide on horse bodies so you can come and go without anybody noticing and then suddenly do this? And Jake says grimly, because the subtle approach isn't working. Remember what they said earlier. Do this and they're out of here. It's final desperation move. And Cassie's like, so what do we do? We play follow the leader, Jake said, and we hope these Yerks have a good plan. And so they all race forward quickly, catching the guards somehow off guard. <laughs> they all barrel through them as horses. And the humans start to shout to get the horses out of the hangar. It was pandemoni- pandemonium, but the Animorphs kept it together and they raced through and into the mysterious hangar. I do love how during this like sprint, someone is like, help, I'm allergic to horses. <laughs> it's so weird. Again, the shenanigans and randomness, it, it doesn't stop with this, but just like, oh, oh, we're horses and we're yeah, in a group. So and dun, 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 dun. All right, now we split up. And just a few sentences later, now we get back together. Dun, 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 dun. Like, okay. I thought that was going somewhere. It didn't. <laughs> look natural and blend yeah, in. Exactly. Everybody just wear your camo and uh, look like you belong. <laughs> so, what happens next is, is so like. Mm-hmm. They thundered into the hangar, and, like, hooves are scrambling on some concrete. Also, that word, hooves, I always feel like I'm going to say it wrong. Hooves. Hooves. <laughs> Behooves you to say it correctly. Um, okay. And basically, everybody's yelling, and, uh, what the blazing Hades is going on here? And I was like, ooh, we got a pagan up in here. Um, <laughs> recognize the That's Hades. probably Captain Tortellini. Yeah. Um, which I did uh, on my trip. I did meet a pagan that worshipped Apollo after some... Um, okay. Really? Those and are some yes. more of the problematic yeah. gods. Um, I don't know. It was her choice. <laughs> 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 um, and, and then as Morgan said, uh, someone's like, help, I'm allergic to horses. I'm like, okay, that's the that's your biggest concern with I, stampeding they horses. They have priorities. They, <laughs> they must be really allergic. Yeah, just like screaming for their EpiPen because the horse is in proximity. <laughs> 
Um, Cassie also lets out like a Winnie. a Winnie. <laughs> and um, scaring a woman in a lab coat, dro- dropping her open yogurt on the floor, which I just find funny. And in my mind, it's a yo play. Um, so base, <laughs> so basically, they come. Um, they're in. They came to the room, the center, the nexus for all the security. It's got glass on all sides. Um, through the glass, uh, there's a. We saw a pedestal of shining steel. All around the pedestal are cameras, sensors, wire lights. So, you know, the pedestal and on the pedestal, it's it's the thing. The thing. Um, bathed in light high on the pedestal was something not from this planet. This was about eight feet across. So think about that. Eight feet across. Shaped like a cube with corners rounded off. So a rounded cube, eight feet across. Entire surface covered with tubing and painted symbols. At one end was an opening large enough for a person to walk inside. Um, And then basically on the inside, it's smooth um, and a nice green color um, and has some gentle, soft lighting. Okay, Morgan, this Uh, answers your question. Like, Andalites definitely do, you know, have a... Maybe we should cut this part out. Andalites do have a butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how they... Like, where does the waist come out of another hoof? Is it like the back right hoof? (laughs) It's my pooping hoof. <laughs> it's a pooping hoof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three of them are for eating and one of them is for pooping. Because I'm just like, it's it's just like, it's like a, it's like, it's like a round cube and you go inside. I'm like, where, well, what's inside? I don't know. Like, do they just, I don't know. Poop, I guess. Or no poop. Or Maybe water or like a liquid. I don't know. I don't know. It's something. The and I mean, this is a spoiler for what this is, but, <laughs> um, so basically, you know, they're all like, Marco's like, that's it. That's it. The most closely guarded secret in all of history. Um, and basically, we, the Yerks do just a quick little little uh, couple words. And um, Cassie basically understands, like, she doesn't need to accurately translate. But she knows, she gets the feeling that the Yerks also have no idea what it is they're looking at. Because the humans, the Animorphs have no idea what they're looking at. The, um, the obviously... Um, the government personnel have no idea what the hell they're they're working mm-hmm. with, and the Yorks don't even know what it is. And they, you know, did all this effort, and then it is. They busted in. They laid eyes on the biggest secret, but nobody had a clue of what it was. I vote that you know it just has bad wolf graffiti written on its side, and now we know exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Sorry, okay. Doctor so, Who reference, Jason. No, no basically, so they they, they get caught sort of it's like sergeant get those horses out of my facility now the colonel bellowed and then um yeses and basically they all like um they all like comply and just like walk away <laughs> like the they just, just like, basically yeah. leave <laughs> they just leave <laughs> i don't know how to say they just sort of walk away and um, i mean what would now, they have you know, done like, if it was like actually something like it's just like they're like oh okay it's a weird structure got it well what would have happened is they would have had to leave figure out some cockamamie plan to get back in <laughs> have it fuckocked it up and then <laughs> like, go from there yeah make a scooby-doo um, type yeah, trap to get inside much. but a whole whole nother thing um and they would have had to morph some horrible insect that is <laughs> traumatizing um Okay, so basically it's starting to get dark outside. Uh, they're still in the drylands. They're still following the horse controllers. Um, and now they're you know, having their own thoughts be conversation. Um, and Marcos just doesn't understand why the Yerks seem so depressed. And um, 
Jake's like, it's because they don't know what they saw. Um, and Tobias uh, quotes Shakespeare, right? It's a, it's a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury and signifying nothing. Um, and bas- it's just, again, nobody knows what it is. Except, here we go. Here's the class. Axe is like, actually... <laughs> And then he stops, and Rachel's like, actually, what? And then Axe is like, oh, well, I sort of know what it is. It's kind of. Um, and then, of course, it gets cut off, so we'll find out. Um, basically, a um, bug fighter swoops, like, fast across the desert um, and and lands. And, of course, Marco De- or no, Tobias points out that it's, um, you know, just a wonder how something like that just doesn't get picked up on radar. I mean, it was, you know, they obviously saw it. It was going fast, swoop, closing down to the land, you know, couldn't be um, solved. But um, Axe being um, his Andalite self is like, well, you know, any Andalite child could make a tool that bounces radio beams off of objects from his toys. And, <laughs> and uh, Cassie did not... Uh, Oh, no, Rachel did not appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, Let's see. So basically, the horse controllers, um, you know, go towards the bug fighter. You know, they are sort of all, all, and Cassie can basically smell the fear radiating off of them. They are just fucking terrified. And basically, Cassie's like, okay, well, I know the bug fighter then, because nobody is ever so scared, except when it involves Visitor 3. So the door opens, Hork Bajir pour out, and Visitor 3. So here we go. He's got to show up. They're just like, oh, fuck, there's another. <laughs> right. I'm sort of like waiting for just like somebody else. At this point, it's like Team Rocket has to show up in every episode. Yeah. Team Rocket <laughs> like... does have to show up in every episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Visitor 3 is like Meowth. And uh, one day we're going to get, you know, Visitor 3's twin just come out of one of these bug fighters instead. <laughs> well, Meowth was a single child. Oh. An only child. So. No, he, and Meowth doesn't like Persian, remember? <laughs> well, he doesn't like Persian, but I don't think that Persian that was the head of his Meowth gang was. Well, technically, but it's like it's upper level. Like, uh, I would say Persian's like a relative at that point, and so like it's kind of akin to maybe. I assume Visitor Three has an antagonistic relationship with his twin. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's see. Cassie does a little um. Uh, for, um. Visitor Three. Who Who is Visitor Three? <laughs> um, thing. Why can't Why can't I remember? Um. Is that okay. Description of it. Okay, moving on, moving on. <laughs> so, um, basically, Vizzer, of course, is um, <laughs> not pleased because he's asked, like, did you succeed? And uh, one of the horse controller, the lead horse controller, uh, responds in Gallard. Um, we don't get a translation of it at that point, but Vizzer 3 basically takes the, his tail blade and um, swiftly moves it right just millimeters from the horse controller's throat. Um, so obviously not not happy. Um, did not hear what he wanted to hear. Um, so ba- yeah. basically, they tell him like, yes, they penetrated it. It is not. It is non-human. Um, but they have no idea what it is, um, and that pisses Visitor Three off. Um, he's screaming, "Idiots! Incompetence! Uh, not in- incompetence! Not incompetence!" If that makes right. sense, <laughs> anyone <laughs> besides yeah. me, just yes, because sir. words. Um, basically. Um, weeks have been wasted setting up this effort. First, we lose that clumsy fool, Corn five four seven, when he was bitten by a snake, and now we've lost poor Jill Jillay nine two six. 
<laughs> the visitor indicated the no longer piece horse controller like it had been someone else's fault he'd been lost i had to double i, I had to double inf- take that i'm like wait a minute what he was just alive oh he just killed him got it <laughs> yeah just killed him a little bit of a reverse there i like, but I like he's probably funny. saying it just like and now we lost as he's slicing the um the other yurk's throat and we just lost this one too <laughs> whose fault could it be who keeps shooting <laughs> no reason why do we keep losing people? Um, <laughs> but um, so that that's um, Vizzer just wants to have this that wants to know what the secret is, wants to know what that they have. And the thing is, he, he will he will have it. Um, and they're basically Vizzer's like, this is what we should have done in the first place. It's their normal plan. But it's their backup plan is they're just going to infest some humans that work there and, you know, um, do it that way. Um, so with that, Vizzer then, of course, turns his attention to the Animorphs, who are still on Horse Morph, and he's like, what are those horses doing with you? And Vizzer 3, being his paranoid thing, he's like, fools, you fools, it could be the, um, the Andalite mm-hmm. bandits. And, um, Cassie's like, no one, it's like, we have to kill them. And Cassie's like, no one, no one act like they heard anything. Um, and Cassie acts like a freaking horse. And the visitor's like, <laughs> maybe they are real horses. Eh, but just which <laughs> she does, <laughs> which is funny. But Visor Three is like is still just like, yeah, we should kill him. <laughs> Better kill him. Better safe than sorry. And he's always right. And I hate that he's always right <laughs> for his paranoia. But he is. Um. So basically, the Hork Bashir leveling Dracon beams and um. Basically, Cassie in this this Minneapolis Max, he does not like doing you know run. He 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 likes confrontation. He's like, I'm gonna run. I don't like this yeah. stallion. I'm gonna you know I don't want to run away. I want to fight. So basically, it's like, runs uh, in Maximus from Tangled, <laughs> just you know yeah. warrior horse. Oh, <laughs> great great yeah. horse. Um, runs for the Hork Bajir leveling leveling the Dracon beam at them. Winnie's reared up. Um, basically flailing around, um, hits the hork drops the dracon beam, crunches that, um, so destroys that dracon beam, and then they basically just, like, run away. The hork off in pursuit of them, and the hork can run pretty fast. Um, so there's two hork hot on their tail, um, and with that, um, but that doesn't last very long because the security troops from the base are coming out to investigate. And so with that, the hork um, that are chasing them, uh, retreat. Um, and, you know, they basically are running away too. They don't, they don't get captured again. But, um, now we have some access finally going to elaborate on what the thing in Area 91 is. Um, so it's not a spaceship and it's not a weapon. Um, he's like, it is not human. Um, and uh, Cassie's like, well, we'll probably never find out what it is. And I actually kind of laughed at this part. And Axel's like, why wouldn't you find out? And Cassie's like, because it's not worth risking our lives again to go figure out what it is. And Eric's don't even know. And the Andalite and Axel's like, yeah, of course they don't know because they've never been in an Andalite dome ship. And I'm just like, Axel's face like, why won't you find out? And I'm like, guy, Axe, like, come on. Really, just hold, hold, him on, uh, hold him all those cards to his chest and really uh, having fun with it there. It's like, well, duh, they won't sure find there's out. There's no reason why he should keep the sh- his mouth shut. <laughs> um, so basically what it is, is it's a disposable module of a type used in the old days on the first generation of Andalite dome ships. Um, when the modules were used up, they were jettisoned into space. They were supposed to be aimed toward a star, so they'd burn up without a trace. Uh, this one must have drifted through space, eventually being caught by Earth's gravity. 
So it's not a space engine, it's not a weapon, it's an Andalite Dome Ship's modular waste disposal system. It's a toilet. It's a fancy Japanese toilet. It's a space toilet. Space pooper. Um, but apparently only a primitive model, because since those days there's been huge technological improvements in Andalite waste disposal. So they get out of the... <laughs> the poop they... can morph now. <laughs> <laughs> It goes into zero space, and that's where you get all your matter from. Every, our, um, our problems are all solved by zero space. <laughs> it's the imaginary number. <laughs> oh, we could zero space. Um, okay, so we they get out of the horse morph, uh, back into the bird morph, fly home. Bam. Cassie walks home into her living room. Both her parents are waiting for her. They're angry, demanding where she's been. And Cassie's like, I was out with Rachel. And her mom's like, not really having it. It's like, we're worried for you. It's like, where were you? Where were you? Not just out with Rachel. And then Cassie's like, she doubles down. She's like, I was out with Rachel and with Jake. And her parents are like, ooh, you were with Jake. <laughs> um, and basically, like, embarrass Cassie by being like, what have we said about your dating? And blah, Cassie's blah, blah. And, and Cassie just, like, can't handle it. Um, but she gets all embarrassed, flustered, and leaves. And, um... Her, she overhears her parents calling her like a cool kid and being like very sweet and like really really cool but then also overhearing how their disciplinary actions for her is to embarrass her <laughs> um, it's great plotting by the parents I find it very entertaining you know. so <laughs> that only works if kids have shame so yep <laughs> half the time so it was really cute uh, uh, and adorable. Uh, Cassie's dad mentions a backup plan, which makes Cassie think about how the visitor said backup plan. And then um, basically, like, the, the whole point of, like, why anybody cares about this alien toilet is because the Yurks don't want humans to have proof of alien life because if the Yurks are discovered or partially discovered or whatever, it'll make it easier for people to believe them and just endangering their operation. Um, so basically they want to get the thing so they can destroy it, get it just out of humans they don't want to. I'm like, well, you're going to have to destroy computer files, pictures, people's memories, you know, all this other stuff. But let's just say as if the Yorks can get their hands on it, everybody will just forget about it. (laughs) And that's the plan. Um, and so they're trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to like get a hold of those people. Um, and basically, if you guys remember, there was the sign-up sheet for the gardens uh, for people who worked at Zone 91 um, to go and do them. <laughs> so here it is. That's the soonest opportunity to make human controllers. Um, so um, speed up next part. Um, little description of the gardens. We should all know what this is now, but it's a combination zoo, amusement park, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. Um, Everything. Kept, you know, kept separate. Uh, so they got that. Um, of course, they finally, finally do this right, and they fly in. They don't buy tickets. They don't make their. They don't make their poor friend Marco like <laughs> feel bad or whatever. They, they, they fly in <laughs> as they should have done. Um, but they, when they're you know overhead, they notice like, hey, there's people down there. And uh, Cassie's like, they're not supposed to be there till eight o'clock because she saw nineteen hundred hours. And basically, the whole thing is. Cassie read military time wrong. She thought 1900 was 8 o'clock, but it's really 7 o'clock. So people have been there for an hour, which means that, like, here ups the ante a little bit, like, ugh. So, of course, they've all been here for an hour, so the Yerks could have, you know, infested people already for an hour now. 
So um, they land, and Cassie's sort of in a tailspin. She's, like, feeling really guilty about how she fucked it all up. And she's like, okay, where were the places that they could possibly um, get people and invest them? Um, so two places. We've got the log ride, <laughs> um, and you've got the House of Horror. Um, Jake and Marco flew towards the... Jake, Marco, and Cassie fly towards the log ride, and... Sorry, I'm about to burp. Rachel, Tobias, and Axe, check out the House of Horrors. Um, so we've got that. So they go into the log ride. You've got Jake and Cassie in front, Marco behind them, and then a man and a woman behind them in the last seat. Um, they start talking. Marco's like, this would be fun if it was a matter of life or death. I love the log ride. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not a coaster, but the big splash is cool. Um, and then the someone's like, that voice. I know that voice. <laughs> and... I find that's funny because, of course, he recognizes Marco's voice. Is uh, so they turn around and the, the the man and the woman. So behind him, the man is Captain Tortellini mm-hmm. <laughs> from Zone Ninety One. So and remember, they sort of gave him fake fake numbers <laughs> and just sort of dipped out of there. Um, he's like, "You, you guys," <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, but the ride is going up. They're going up on this ride." in their damp seats. Captain Tortellini's like, you're under arrest. Um, he's like, you guys are mine. Um, We're going to do time for this. Yes, kid. kids. <laughs> okay, buddy, wow. calm down. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a, it's a rent-a-cop uh, high on power. Um, and then Jake's like, if the Yorks are going to strike, it'll be the Tunnel of Love thing real head. It's really dark. And Cassie's like, how does he know about the Tunnel of Love? Um, or whatever. And then Marco chimes in with like a smart ass comment of, you know, I don't think you can really arrest us. I mean, you're military police, right? And this is not a military base. <laughs> and so <laughs> he's just, like, fine, I'll call security. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does. Um, so uh, basically, um, they go into the darkness and they all basically try to leave uh, the log ride and they all fall into the water because they can't see. Um, and like everybody falls in water, even Captain Tortellini. And they're all trying to climb out, but they can't because the current is too fast, which I'm like, is it really that fast with that? It always seems very slow. And I always thought they were on a track, but apparently it's not on track. It's just more like a, a guiding, um, a channel. Yeah. Um, and so they're just bumping around, bumping around, sort of getting hurt, getting carried with the current going up, 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 and then falling down on the giant like drop and then, um, rolling out of the way before another boat can hit them. And Cassie sort of gets, sort of gets, um, grabbed by Captain Tortellini, but then he f- sort of slips underwater and then she runs away and then they're just running across the amusement park going to the House of Horrors, all soaked. Um, they get into... I cannot imagine. There are six pages left, y'all. It is biz- like... Such a bizarre I'm going to have to speed talk. <laughs> so much right now. Yeah, so... Yeah. There's six pages left. And that's it. We're done. I'm going to be going through this quick, y'all, because like it's a lot, but it'll be a lot. Um... Slap, slap, slapping their wet feet towards the House of Horrors because, again, they're <laughs> barefoot because they came barefoot because they were um, birds. Morphin. <laughs> Mighty morphin. Um, so they get to the House of Horrors. The three of them pile into a car, a car with a fourth person who's another military person who's like, are you sure this isn't too scary for you kids? And, of course, they're like, ha, 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 like, we, don't, we do okay with scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, there's cheap stuff in there, like pirates and, you know, ghosts and whatever, and they're, you know, they're not really having, um, they're not real, obviously not intimidated by it. And Marco's like, yeah, yeah, big deal. Could this get any faker? And that guy is like, could you guys, why are you guys so cynical? And he's like, we watch too much TV. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And I was like, um, but the car spins backwards, like the, um, like the Haunted Mansion ride in Disney. 
And um, basically, they can see the next people coming in, and it's Captain Tortellini and three yeah. uniformed guards. And Captain Tortellini's like, "Hey, Airman Jones, don't let those kids get away." And he, Airman Jones, is like, "Okay, well, you guys, kids, better stay put. The captain wants to talk to you." Um, oh. And then they come into the section, and this is where it gets down. So whoever built this ride, you've got six Horkbajir warriors standing in the ride, frozen in place. So um, you've got Vizzer, you got Vizzer 3 also there with them. Um, and then also, then they are able to see also the, um, Rachel is a grizzly bear. And um, it's got, uh, it's got Tobias um, also on it, sitting atop the grizzly bear. Um and then a rattlesnake also coiled around the grizzly bear stretch pod. So you've got like a grizzly bear with the with a puck on its head and a rattlesnake on its uh on its paw. And I'm like, this is like I guess kind of a good chim- attack chimera. Um, but like whip the snake like a whip, which yeah. does happen. <laughs> this is so basically. Um, oh, this is the best part of the ride. Yeah, that happens. Herman Joe said those blade monsters they are really cool. Um, so basically, shit goes down. <laughs> like Cassie's like they're gonna go for Tortellini, and then basically all hell breaks loose, and the Horkbajir are swiping, trying to fight off the other guardsmen and capture tortellini and then you got rachel and axe and, and tobias fucking shit up and fighting and um cassie starts to morph her um uh her world her, her wolf morph because uh that's her battle morph um jake is starting to morph the tiger and marco is gonna morph the gorilla um, but basically during all this chaos though, still the visitor three and then they do end up sort of taking the captain tortellini away. Um, and Cassie's basically using her wolf smelling senses to track him down through the crowds of people. Um, and so the, it's the parade of lights or whatever it is at Disney, like the, uh, I'm talking about the, electric yeah, the daily parade yeah. or one of the daily parades. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically, they're chasing the Horkbajir yeah. through this parade. The ni- yeah, the Nightly Gardens Parade of Characters. And it does mention characters. Bugs <laughs> Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety Bird, Sylvester, Tasmanian Devil, Pepe Le Pew. So literally, like, it's the um, Looney Tunes. Um, so that's fun. Um, so they're running all through that. And suddenly, of course, out jumped a Daffy Duck, probably doing its thing, right in Visitor 3's path. And the Visitor 3 snaps his deadly tail and off flies Daffy Duck's head. Um, and really quickly, Cassie thinks that he killed someone, but he didn't because a girl, you know, underneath costume still has her head. And she's like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and um, the visitor's like, what is going on? There's a head inside of another head. He doesn't get, he didn't, he didn't, he did not understand the idea of a costume. He thought like the thing was just a giant duck. He's like, what kind of creature is this? Because the giant duck <laughs> was weird, not weird enough. Um, but that basically gives them a chance to catch up to them. <laughs> that little, that little moment of confusion. Um, and I love this because, uh, you know, Jake's doing his tiger thing. Um, Cassie's, you know, biting on necks and whatnot. And, um, Marco is using axe as a, like, in a snake form as a bullwhip. <laughs> like, snapping him at <laughs> them and, and biting and having axe bite too. So it's like a poison whip, a venomous whip. And I just was like... A gorilla doing this. That's just hilarious. It's just hilarious. <laughs> so, gorilla, Marco, Indiana Jones, Venom. Yes. Um, so that's fun. Um, but with that, 
Um, <laughs> sorry. Like some shit happens and they get away. <laughs> Basically, it's that's what it is. It's very uh, unclear. They describe a ton of the parade, and there's like kids petting Cassie as a wolf, and then they just get away. Yeah, everybody, everybody yeah. doesn't isn't scared. They're like, "Whoa, what are oh, these yeah, cool like, costumes and these cool, cool things?" Wolves. And we just pet this wolf, and it's just like I'm pretty sure some parents would be like calling for some security and pulling their kids away from a big animal like that. Yeah, I feel like the grandpa who's like, uh, like, like there's literally bug fighters just in plain sight. sight. And the and the Yerks get away on the bug fighters, and then there's this grandpa that's like, "That's not what alien ships look like." I was taking a bar. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there's this. Yeah, those last two pages is tent is dense, covered with a lot of stuff that happens. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, they get away. Captain Torlina breaks free. Visor three dips. People again are not like afraid questioning or surprise whatever um <laughs> basically the local news chalks it up to a group of pranksters dressed up as monsters vandalizing the house of horrors um captain tortellini is quoted saying it was those kids i'm looking for three kids i named fox Mulder, dana scully and sydney crawford <laughs> <laughs> the reporter wonders if captain tortellini had been drinking when captain tortellini was asked about the air force do it what was the air force doing at a company outing for gondor industries uh, which is hilarious yeah. gondor yeah. um gondor and the is like yeah and captain is like no oh, comment yeah. forget i said anything <laughs> and um <laughs> nothing happened don't worry about it and that's basically like literally it it literally ends with how this began that's with with it, it's so fast it's fast yeah and they don't even in the news track over to the jockey that's talking about his talking horse that one <laughs> nope and then Rachel gives Cassie shit about her pants, and that's it. And that is it. And then we start back over at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is a very silly episode, and I feel like the next, like, three are very serious. So, three? Nah, the next two, and then, yeah. We're almost, Esme wants to come on for the for the bat one, and it's uh, book seven. Okay, so. that sounds great. Here we go. We're ready. It's coming up. Okay. You can send me your favorite Area 51 conspiracy theories at Morgan underscore Slay, or you can send them to all of us, I guess, if you feel like it, at middlemorph at gmail.com. Check out my my other podcast about Reddit stuff. Uh, are the letter you the word serious pod at gmail.com or also on Twitter. Cool. Uh, Jason, how can people get a hold of you? Y'all can find me on Twitter <laughs> at bottomus underscore prime. We're the real aliens. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, I am the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's me. Sweet. All right. Kate. I am not on social media. So in keeping of Area 51, if you want to communicate with me, maybe, you know, put some form of messaging maybe in a nondescript box kind of arc of the covenant style and make sure it gets into some sort of secret warehouse where i can go you know looking for it as well because i am obviously trying to find the ark of the covenant and uh yeah every day man i'll I'll find the area 51 you know just message me that way um but you know if uh that might be a little bit too involved at this point uh you can always email us at middlemorph at gmail.com and i ended that quite abruptly but do you guys have any uh final thoughts about this book 
Uh, yeah, no, very silly. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it was so I was very. F- it was very filler anime episode filler. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. obviously is like, I kind of want to hear Kay Alphagate's, you know, trip to Disneyland because she obviously got some inspiration from some crazy ass stuff going down. <laughs> oh my God, I want to go to Disneyland with her. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Uh, no, I think I liked, uh, you know, for Silly Endings, Cassie's skunk book where Visor 3 is, like, bathing in grape juice and nuts. Grape juice. juice. Like, <laughs> that, that was a funny yeah. one to lead off on, too. But very, in a similar vein. Very silly. And next time we are doing book number 15, The Escape, which is a hammerhead shark oh, cool. book. Ooh. So imagine the trigger warnings for a hammerhead shark book and <laughs> that's it. So, There's just a lot of bites. gore. There's some lush, gore. Lush yeah. Okay. Somebody's getting eaten again. Love. Nom, nom, yeah. nom. Oh, there is a... a segment if you are uncomfortable with like being underwater like, or like water pouring in kind of stuff there is a bit of oh, that okay. like uh, like imagine axe being in the dome ship and water pouring in that kind of thing yeah like in an enclosed space with water filling in yeah but it's in yeah so there's ocean stuff it's a shark book it's a marco book does marco yeah, that's it. marco because axe has the hammer shark morph uh, uh, more shark. No, Axe has a tiger. He, tig- he has he has a tiger shark. Oh, is a tiger shark. Does Marco yeah. have a hammerhead yeah. shark? Or probably a tiger shark. No, no, no. no. Axe is the only one with a shark morph right now. Oh. All the other kids just See, have dolphin and then yeah, Cassie yeah, yeah. as well. Yes, indeed. So we will see you next time with book number fifteen. And until then, enjoy horses. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right, Nay. Right, right, we're gonna go right off on our horses into the sunset right now. <laughs> yes. Shadow facts. Yes, uh, bye. Bye. bye.